Savage Intentions provides the tools and structure for us to commit to our own self-growth. Each themed intention box allows our members to have tangible, spiritual tools. At the Supreme Goddess level, you will also receive a themed online workshop, access to the Savage Magic private community, and a themed intention worksheet. Join us on a journey of self-growth surrounded by a community of support. Welcome to the Savage Voice. This is Amy and Vivi, and it is episode two, all about hope and our hope intentions. So we're going to be talking about that a little bit more specifically as an intention, how it can uh, change your life, how thinking about it may affect how you're going to move forward with things, and then just, you know, all things hope related. So let's First, we talked about this some last week, but I wanted to just give everybody a clear idea what we mean when we're talking about hope in this context. Because I know sometimes people will look at the word hope and think that it's basically wishful thinking about good things. And that is not what we're talking about. No. Okay. So what are we talking about? For me, hope is the ability to work towards something more positive in the future, regardless of your current situation. It is having faith in the intangible and the unknown. It is being able to look forward to something and work towards it to get out of the current scenario that you're in, whether good or bad. I'm not tasking the scenario that you're in, but it's future work is Putting energy towards the future. Towards going forward. Yeah. So you and I actually had a discussion about this, which I I really wanted to talk before we got into this very far about the fact that we're not talking about hoping your way out of depression or some sort of situation like that. People with depression are often and other mental illnesses are often told by people who do not understand it. Well, just make yourself feel better or think happy things and it will be okay. Or you're not being uh, positive enough or you're not being hopeful enough. If you just look at things and realize they'll be okay someday, you'll be okay too. And so I wanted to make sure people understand that is not what we're talking that is about. At definitely all. not what we're talking about. And and it's almost like what we talk about in the studio. There is a difference between something being therapeutic and something needing therapy. Right. Two different things. Very different. So we're not saying that you can wish your way out of things that that need medical clinical help. That's not what we're saying at all. Okay, good. I just want to get that out of the way because anybody listening to this who's ever had clinical depression, I guarantee you somebody was said one of those things to them multiple times. This process could be used in addition to work you're doing with a care provider, but it is definitely not going to cure anything. No, It's tools. Can this be a tool that you use to help move you? Hopefully, yes, but it is not therapy. So that said, what can it do then? We want to use it to move forward. How does that work? 
I can tell you how it works for my life. I use it in two different forms, in the positive and the negative. There's lots of stuff that happens in my life, like everybody else's life, that that kind of stops your forward momentum. And when I get to a point where I feel like I can't push forward, I have to stop and evaluate. One, I evaluate my feelings and figure out where they are is a check-in. Two, I evaluate what is really the blockage. And I think that's where the negative part of hope comes in because usually my blockage is I feel as though I am not able to to go over the hurdle. Okay. So to get really over the stuck. obstacle. Yeah. It's feeling stuck. Yes. And for me, hope is about taking those things and figuring out how to re-engineer my outlook on them. Okay. So I'll use an example. COVID hit. COVID hit. But that was so fun. It, it is was, so fun. Yeah. <laughs> but as a business owner, oh, it, was it, it, was, it was terrifying. Yeah. For somebody who owns a physical space and to be told that I have to close for unknown amounts of months, it was terrifying. So I had to reevaluate and check in with myself and kind of change my thought process of how I'm going to look at this. Okay, what can we do? What can I do? What can we provide? How can I utilize this time if I'm not going to be inside my physical space teaching 5,000 classes? What can I do? And being able to reinvent that time usage and feel as though I'm going to use it to better the future, better myself once I'm back in the studio, you know, better my uh, space when we're back in the studio. And we did a lot of that, right? We did actually. Yeah. yeah when we, right before we came back. So that really for me is what hope is about is about being able to take my situation reinvent it to get a better positive outcome in the future which really means then that you have to understand and sit with a feeling of hopelessness as well absolutely absolutely i think people really do themselves a disservice to think that you can have good without the bad very true like life is just not going to be happiness how do you know what how do you know what happiness or joy or any of those things feel like if If, you've never experienced the other right right i'm sure when it first happened you weren't like oh i have all these great ideas no i cried yeah i cried (laughs) yeah and that really and I was, rarely cry. I know. You, she's not a crier. Yeah, not at all. You had to sit with that feeling of this is awful. Like, what the hell is going to happen? And that really is what hopelessness is. I don't know what to do. Right. I don't know what happened. I can't see a way through this. I, I don't know what's happening. And then unpacking that and seeing what parts of it aren't as hopeless as you thought. I I unpack and say, what parts of this, Vivian, is truly realistic? COVID was realistic. Closure was realistic. 
And what parts of this are things that you're creating for yourself? Fear, fear, fear comes and goes, but you can, you can sometimes control that. Well, just um, naming it sometimes yeah, is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. What part of this are you most fearful of? That was a question that I asked. My fear was when we come out of this, I was not going to have a business. Right. So then I was like, okay, you can't not have a business. So what are you going to do now? So really part of this work, it's as complicated as the self-love we were talking oh, about. Oh, absolutely. Because you really have to un look into yourself and say, okay, why do I think this isn't going to happen? Why do I not believe there may right. be things that are not going to happen, happen. Yeah. but then you're not going to sit around waiting for them. Exactly. So that's still an option. That's still something you can engineer. There was a lot of places like mines that came out of COVID with the fact that they were no longer a business. Yeah. And you know, at least at that point, you can then start tracking another path for right. your life. Some of this is just being realistic with what is a feeling, what is a truth, what is something that is actually tangible and stopping you versus something that's in your head that is stopping you. And you really have to weed through all that crap yeah. before you can have hope to move forward yeah. before you can catalyze it. Cause you can't just kick this big messy ass ball forward all the time. I think as humans, there is nothing that we do in our lives that doesn't require the work of unpacking some of our emotions I would and agree. our feelings and investigating who we are as people. I would agree. And I think you know, going back a little bit to the first thing that we're saying, this isn't about curing depression. You, unpacking sometimes will lead you to see, you know what? I have to fix something about myself first. Like I have to go get outside help for this, yeah. which I have to say is empowering because it's not just that you couldn't do it anymore. Or you weren't good enough, but you won't get to that place. If you don't really sit with yourself and say, where do I want to be going? And why is that not happening? And then you can separate, you know, what things that you can use to move forward versus things that you need to get actual help with, well, you know, just yeah. being realistic about what's happening and still be able to look to the future in a way that's, I want this bigger, better thing, or I want this to happen. It's not here yet. Don't confuse moving forward and looking to the future. You might have to sit in a space for a little bit for maybe a while. Even. Yeah. You yeah. might have to sit in that space, but that doesn't stop you from looking forward, right? Looking and planning and having something as a goal in mind, something set, but you know, you have work to do in this current space, which does sometimes make that work not so daunting because even though that work might not be moving you directly towards this goal, whatever it is, you know that sitting here and, and doing this work is part of that movement. So it makes it a little bit easier to sit in that space yep. for the time you need. Yeah. And I think a lot of people lose hope because they want to skip parts. Well, yeah, because yeah. some of those parts are sticky or 
they're difficult and it's really easy to just get stuck in them. So part of what this is, part of this hope is while you're in that place, knowing that it's okay that you're there, that you need to be there for these other things to happen at some point. Yes. Yes. That's something we talked about in the workshop that there might be things that are long-term objectives, long-term things that we work on. There might be some short-term things and we need to be able to differentiate those things and being able to be okay with the difference between the I think it's easy to look at this and go, okay, well, I hope that in 10 years I'm retired and I'm this <laughs> and I'm that. And it's all of these huge, big, hopeful, wishful goals. And, you know, there's nothing that you're hoping for that's happening anytime soon. Do you like to set up sort of longer term hopeful things and then shorter term ones so you're actually hitting parts of things that are that you're like okay well I'm doing this work and now I'm I'm getting to yeah there. I'm a reality girl okay. I'm a reality girl weirdly enough she's woo woo and reality uh, right <laughs> right it's kind of odd but it but it, it is but it works <laughs> it is it is odd but it works we actually had this conversation in the workshop and it's like okay Sometimes you need a win, like you need a win to keep hope alive. So I like a balance and your short wins should build up to the big win. But you don't have to make your hope and your dream, what you're moving towards be this one final. Oh, absolutely not. Life doesn't work like that. Well, there's always some sort of diversion somewhere and you have to, I mean, hell, that's what COVID's been for everybody. Yeah. You know, no matter what your fucking plans were, it's definitely not the road you thought you were going to be on going towards it. Right. And, and, you know, we are on the more woo side of me. So I don't bring out my smart goals. Don't make me bring out my smart goals. sheet. Right. But no, I, I feel there needs to be balance because we all need wins. We all need something that we can accomplish, but it shouldn't deter you from having long-term hopes for the future. A lot of the ladies all hope to be married with their children one day because we have younger ladies Yeah, we have here. a lot. We're actually, I know, we're like the older ones <laughs> yes, in the studio. Yes, we're the, we're, we're the senior citizens. <laughs> yes, pretty much. But, you know, and there's nothing wrong with having yeah. that and not having a tangible thing to see. But, you know what, what do you need to do to get there? You need to work on self-love yes because you (laughs) You, can't be in a good relationship if you aren't you got to do the work to unpack the stuff so let's do the work to get you to the space because when you get there you'll be ready for it see that i think makes sense We're going to have a soft launch of the new subscription program in March. This will be available to a limited number of people. So you're going to want to get yourself a spot right now. Find the link in the show notes to get you started on your intention journey a month earlier.
So what do you think are the biggest obstacles that anybody needs to get over, get through that is stopping them from being hopeful, from working towards that? This is just my opinion, non-action. So not putting actions behind the things that you So just want. talking about things a Just lot. talking about, yeah, yeah. I can't wait for this to happen, but you don't do anything towards making it happen. Which actually is then wishful thinking. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it you is. can wish all kinds of things. So you can surround mean. yourself with 50 million rocks. But that's not going to change anything if it's all you not. do is sit in the middle of them. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So really, you think the biggest thing is 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 that? The biggest thing that I see is is that. Or people pick actions that sometimes are contradictory to the thing that they want to do. So talk more about that then. I want to gain more confidence in myself. That's what that's, they're working towards. That's right. what I want to work towards. But I run away from everything that helps me build confidence. So basically, they sit in a corner of a room all the time? Or and not even sit in the corner, but they avoid everything that's going to put them out there. Right. Which and you can't just like all of a sudden be confident. confident. So yeah. you have to do lots of baby steps. Yeah. yeah. So they're, they basically are like, I wish, I wish, I wish I was confident. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Or even like you read a book about how to be confident, but then you don't do what's in that. You can read and talk about that. Kind or of stuff I start forever. to sabotage myself. Okay. So that's I'll go different. and try to do something confident, which I know is way out of my confidence zone and then say, see, it failed. Yes. I see that a lot too. They're like, say, I told you. Yeah. I told you it wasn't going to work. Yeah. I told you I couldn't do it. Yeah. I'm just going to give up. If you cannot speak in front of one person, don't go to a stadium of 20,000 people and say, oh, I couldn't give a speech. So we need some baby steps. Yeah. You're sabotaging yourself the Absolutely. whole time. Because you know it's not going to work anyway. Do you think that's because being hopeful is scary sometimes? It is scary. But... It is scary. Is it scary because you're afraid it's not going to happen? Why do you think it's scary? Success. That's one of my things that I have played with and I have had to unpack a lot of stuff around. Success. My thing is, if I don't get there the way I envision it in my head, then what will people say? And I think a lot of times it's hard for me to hold on to this thing because if I get there and it's not what I thought it was, then what? Then what the hell what, did I work for? Yeah. Like, why did I spend all that time? Yeah. Or it's just plain old just disappointing. Yes. Yes. And you're like, well, now what the fuck do I do? Think about women who really, really want to get married. Then right. they finally get married and the guy is a douche. Right. So they got the getting married part, but it's nothing like what they picture. Right. Because they didn't do the work to get the right person. So maybe for some people, that's the place where you sit for a long time. Yeah. Because 
Maybe you need to sit in the space of finding the person that you like before you skip right ahead to the I wanted to be married. Yeah, or a lot of us need to sit with the person and figure out that we like ourselves. Right. So there's a lot of that to be done. So if that is uh, one of your goals. I think think the scary thing is, I don't know what that looks like. And is it going to be what I want? want? And I think the other thing for me specifically is... I'm afraid of failing. Yeah. I do not like failing. So if you did not try, you did not fail. Fail. You know how much that It makes you crazy. It makes her absolutely fucking insane. But it is definitely a defense mechanism. It absolutely is. Because you... And I see it a lot. Yeah. You're you're like, I think not saying the goal out loud, not letting anybody else know you're working towards it, it is also a, a problem and it's yeah. because you're scared you're not going to get there and then you you're no one has to hold bad. you nobody has to hold you accountable if you never tell them what it exactly. is exactly this community that we want to create and in the workshops you have to then admit to yourself that you actually do have something you're working yeah. toward it's really easy to pretend it's not there and then to sit in your own head forever and be like well it's not happening yeah And it's just never happening. And then you get into a spiral of nothing works. Nothing's the way I want. And really, you've created that spiral for yourself out of fear of failure. And quite frankly, you are going to fucking fail with things. Like life is full of failures. So that's how you learn. Right. Part of the unpacking is about looking at parts of things and going, you know what, there is no way that's going to succeed. Like that will 100% be a failure. Let's take that out of what I want to have happen for myself. And then here are the things that are realistic. I mean, you know, I could wish all I want that I'm going to be a princess someday. I don't actually want to be. It sounds very difficult. (laughs) But like you could wish that. Yeah. But that's not realistic. It's not going to happen. No. If if you want to be a princess, you have to go to one of those small European countries. I know. And ride around. And I think you have to be in a movie. I'm pretty sure it has to be a movie on Hallmark or something. <laughs> well, <laughs> at this point, <laughs> you can maybe ask them to consult to how you become a princess. princess yeah. yeah. I do see people sometimes doing that yeah. too, where yeah. they're like, I want this. And it's literally never going to happen. Or it's going to take so much work. Is it really worth it? Yeah. Because you do have to decide on that trade-off. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you know, are you going to lose the whole rest of your life to, to get there? Yeah. Is, is that really what you want then? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But you should at least have that discussion with yourself. You should. <laughs> you should. I think we need to have way more discussions with ourselves about things. I agree. I agree. I think you can talk yourself out of or into a lot of things that are not great. Yeah. Yeah. What are good steps to take to make sure that you're still working towards this all the time? One, this month is just your jump off point. Right. Again, like you're not going to love yourself (laughs) in four weeks. You're not going to all of a sudden be somebody who's got your whole life path (laughs) planned out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tools that I use, one is constantly checking in with myself. I like to also reevaluate what is going on around me because my environment 
plays a lot into how I feel, how productive I am. The other thing I also really have found is who is in my circle. Negative people bring you into a negative space. True. And I don't mean people who are going to fake be cheering you on because there are real people in my life that tell me real things, but right, there's nothing wrong with but that. But they are always pushing me to the next space okay. and supporting me in my journey. Right. So that's what I mean when I say I take out negative people. It's not taking out people who tell me the truth. You need those people. Yeah, you really um, do. <laughs> I'm sure if you look around, there have been people in your life or there are people in your life that are I don't know why you want to do that. It's never going to work out. Yeah. Or point out everything that is wrong about you and your life. Those people, you need to, you, you need you to let need go. When you have a constant reminder of what you can't do, it's hard to get out of that space. That's almost impossible. It also makes everything so difficult. So difficult. Let's not pretend life isn't difficult often it is so why on earth would you add more but some of that goes back to last month yeah you have to love yourself enough to go you know what you are not a person i need to have around me all the time where you are not a person i'm going to go to about these things anymore even sometimes it's just deciding i'm not going to talk to this person about these things anymore. Yeah, I seen a meme this morning and I loved it. It said boundaries are the distance between me loving you and me loving me. Oh, that is good. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. That is absolutely true. Yeah. Um the last thing for me is gratitude. I think we take for granted so many good things in our life and we kind of push them to the side and we don't focus on them because we are always focused on the things that need work. But as you appreciate the stuff that is good in your life, that keeps you hopeful and that keeps you in a more positive space. You just were talking about checking in with yourself periodically. How, how do you do that? Do you do that all internally? Do you talk to other people? Do you write stuff down? How are you doing these yes okay all of yes all right (laughs) so i'm a writer so i like to write things down i will say i haven't had as much time to write so sometimes it's just like jotting something down in a notebook so i do write things down a lot i do uh talk to people and i have a whole studio so i'm constantly having conversations and i love my classes that have lots of conversation pieces in it because it also allows me to unpack stuff as we're talking to other people meditation has been really difficult for me but i've been finding more time to just and it's just five or ten minutes for me because that's about my yeah you're not gonna do like a 30 minute oh no (laughs) no no no, but I do try to take like five or 10 minutes in the morning and just sit. And it might not be like in the middle of nothing. I might just have my coffee, look out the window and just have some time to just decompress and think about what are the things that I'm doing today? What are the things that I'm doing? Well, I ask this to other people all the time. What is something that you did good today? 
Yeah, we actually do these check-ins at the beginning of our series classes that have completely changed the vibe, especially, I know you were already doing them some and I hadn't been. And it has been amazing to look at how that's changed because I'm asking everybody to look back at their last week, like with the self-love, it Mm -hmm. was tell me something you did that was about loving yourself. And then they started having to really think about something that they did that week. And I had multiple women ask for raises, promotions, tell tell their partner, I'm going to go do this thing. And everybody's clapping for them, having that time to check in, try all the little things and then do something bigger and then have all this support was really helpful. Part of it was checking in every week and having to say something that you did well. And they had to come up with something. And then as the weeks progressed, they're like, well, I want something good to say. I'm going to do something bigger for my self-love. So I have something good to say. And it's become this habit for them now. And it made some big changes for them. It it becomes almost like a snowball, right? Yeah. Even when you do it for yourself, like I check in with myself and I'm like, Viv, (laughs) you didn't, you didn't do anything. So let's, let's work on this. And it's really that thought-provoking action catalyst that we were, we we're looking for. Right, which is why I like the community aspect, again, yeah. of having a place to put that and have people yes. check in. Well, what did you work on this week towards this intention? Yeah. And maybe it's small, and that's okay. It doesn't have to be huge all the time. No. I struggled and sat in hopelessness for a very long time after I had my second daughter and I had postpartum depression. So that was its own thing. But when that was under control, I still just sat in this place. I didn't think I could get out of. And I think a big part of it was I literally had nobody else around me. My husband was working nights. He wasn't around. He was the only adult human I would ever see. And I couldn't do my normal thing, which I do with him. Kind of the way you write things, I spew stuff at him (laughs) and he listens to all of it. And then I pick like the three things out that I just spewed that actually are useful for me. And then maybe we'll back and forth it. But sometimes I just take it and go somewhere else. I just needed somebody to... Be you there. needed so a I sounding board. Right. I just yeah. wanted, didn't want to talk to myself. Yeah. Right. Because then that gets weird. You know, maybe once in a while, but not all the time. And so that was part of the problem for me. I couldn't see anything better because I couldn't even take apart what was wrong anymore. I had to slowly find some people and surround myself with that. It took me 10 years. So it was long. Yeah. It was a really long journey. And I had to sit in a lot of parts that felt awful for a long time. But I did have this ultimate goal. And I I got there in a very weird way that I wasn't expecting. (laughs) It did not include this, (laughs) you know, but this is kind of what I wanted, but I didn't know that's what I wanted. I kind of knew what I wanted to feel. That's a legit, I think, absolutely. That's absolutely legitimate. That is the gist of hope. It's a feeling. It's, I know I want to feel this way. What it looked like, I might not know. Right. You can also hope for a feeling, an overall circumstance, something like that. I do think what made the difference for me was when I stopped working to 
end where I was and started working to move towards something else. So I sat really stuck because I was just focused on it being over until I started really looking at what that was going to look like for me. I couldn't move. And so I I think that's, it's essentially what you're talking about. It's the same thing. You know, you really have to figure out how you want to move and it can't be only negative. It can't be, I only want to get away from. Right. Right. I try to keep people from negating things. Right. So write what is the positive, write what is the actual outcome, not what you don't want to do. Right. Which is completely opposite of the way I was dealing with things. At that point, it was not the depression anymore. It was just, I was in a cycle of mindset, negative mindset. It's never going to get better or I can't make this happen. And then I was afraid to fail where I was, was at least stable. I wasn't happy, but it was stable. Like this should be good enough which we've talked about good yeah. enough is not good enough. No. I will say as, as much as I am comfortable in my solitude, community is necessary. It really is. I think this last year has shown a lot of people that they had more communities than they thought. Thought, yeah. And that a lot of them went away. Yeah. It was more difficult to just be a human day to day without those little interactions that you didn't think were important. Right. But they really are. They are. You know, they are. And, and what you can't see yourself, other people can. Yes. And especially the positives. I was just watching this crazy show called 100 humans. It's on Netflix. (laughs) It's ridiculous. But they have a hundred different people. I have a point to the story, I swear. So they have a hundred different people and they're from all over the United States, all different ages and stuff. And so they break them out into different categories each week. And one of them was just men and women. It was just this really great breakdown of how women look at themselves in a much more negative way than men. So they had women line up across from all the men and the men and women had to rate the person across them on like a one to 10 level of attractiveness, but they also had to rate themselves how they thought they were. And everybody went through. So you all rated all 100 other people. Okay. The women rated themselves right around the same as the men were rating them. But the men rated themselves significantly (laughs) higher than the women were rating them, attractive-wise. And they brought in a woman who's a gender studies professor. And she was like, this is absolutely across the board. What happens all the time? I can understand (laughs) It was really interesting. And I I thought it was going to be that way. But then for her to say part of it goes back to women are, are... being told constantly what they should look like, what they should do, what they should be working towards, what your family should be like, what your body should be like. All And men yeah. just don't have as much of no. that. They, they don't have as many examples of constant failure in front of them. I think men get their piece of that only in like career and business. Yes. As women, we have it everywhere, it's all the time. Everywhere. It's like bombarded. You can really exemplifies why you can not be hopeful and why you might be afraid of failing further because you're literally failing all the time if you use those as your 
Well, we've been conditioned point. as children. Yes, to think yeah. that we're failing yes. all the time. That's noise is always going to be there, but sometimes just recognizing that it's there it is a big deal. Yes. I, I can't remember exact numbers, but we're talking the difference between like women rating these guys at like a 5.7 and the guys all rated themselves an average of like an eight yeah. out of a 10. Yeah. And I saw them. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I mean, they really did pick 100 real average regular people. And like a lot of these guys thought they were approaching model territory. <laughs> it was, and I'm like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> it was yeah. just such a stark comparison yeah. between the two genders. So next week, I'm going to talk to Nikki again. And we're going to talk about Hope specifically as it relates to her life. Last time we talked about dating quite a bit. So I think we are not going to talk about dating this time. We'll probably talk about something else. She has homework to unpack. So, Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to make her tell me all about that. (laughs) So maybe she could apply it to some of her homework. That would be good. Okay. All right. Well, we will talk to everybody again. We will not talk to you. I will be here with Nikki and we, I can't sign off. God damn it. (laughs) Anyway, talk to you next week.